Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with ND Kalu. Welcome in. Happy. What are we, Tuesday? What is this, Tuesday, Jacob? Happy Tuesday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I'm Indy Kalu. He is Jacob Beck on the other side. Chris Gordy, Big Sarge. Sports in the house as well, but you know we can't do the show without you, so make sure you get in as we talk all things sports from 10 to 12 with that special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports, American football. And before we get started, before we get too deep into the show, we have a jam-packed show, especially with y'all getting in the show. Can I send a shout-out to the Bearcats, the Bearcats with a K? Shout-out to Sam Houston because it's not getting the run that it should. And shout-out to you, Jacob. You knew without even having to look everything up, not only that they beat Trey Lance's North Dakota State team, but that they have James Madison coming up next, which will be a definite uh, big game because James Madison has been pretty dominant within that conference. But Sam Houston still taking care of business, playing uh, in the semifinals. I did wonder, though, you do have guys from FCS, obviously. We had a Division three guy go in the third round this past draft who get drafted. So I'm wondering how they're handling that. If you have draftable, draftable players, if they just opted out, or if the NFL is going to either allow them to make themselves available for the uh, – what's that other draft? Not the compensatory uh, – yeah, the other supplemental. supplemental. Yeah. Thank you very much. The supplemental draft. Thanks, Big Sorry on that because you're gonna have some guys that probably could have gone late in the draft. But either way, shout out to Sam Houston as they beat North Dakota State 24-20 and they take on James Madison next. I just wish they did a better job promoting this. A well, lot of times, I don't see this until after the game. Well, if I was flipping through the channels over the weekend. I saw on ESPN. I was like, oh, Sam Houston's on. So I, I ended up watching a little bit of it, and you know they got a lead and. Seemingly never let it go, but I, I was going to pose this question to you because this came up in my friend group yesterday when we were talking about because one of our friends is an Ohio State fan and they were giving him crap about Justin Fields, saying you know, hey, best of luck to Justin Fields, but the track record's not been good for Ohio State. And my friend retorted with, "Well, what school does put Thank out good you. quarterbacks?" And when we started talking about it, and I start going through the current quarter starting quarterbacks <laughs> in the NFL. The one school that has two potential stars, North, North Dakota, Dakota State. State. Yeah, Trey Lance and Carson Wentz. Like, outside of that, I mean, we can go back to the history. Purdue has done a tremendous job of putting out, you know, longtime NFL quarterbacks. But right now, is there one school that you would say, man, that school puts out good NFL quarterbacks? There's not 
one school right now. No, and that's never been the case. I, I've never understood the whole, especially with quarterbacks. I Look, there happens to be a lot of good DBs when I was coming out from University of Texas. There may happen to be a lot of good running backs coming out of Alabama. But with quarterbacks, with that one specific position, I don't think there's ever been a, a program where you say, you know what, let's put a premium on that guy's draft grade because he's coming from this program. If anything... You had guys, and I'm thinking of Texas Tech and their whole system, where they put up numbers that if they're at any other school, you would say they should be a first-round pick. But because they went to Tech, uh, they, they were known as a system quarterback, and it hurt them and it hurt their draft status. But I never understood the, the argument, oh, you, you know, the guy from the previous player from the same school didn't have success, so this guy won't have success. I, I cannot think of a school where you say, okay, this is the school where – great quarterbacks come from right now maybe just maybe you say Oklahoma when you think of Baker Mayfield uh Jalen Hurts uh Kyler Murray and I'm not ready to call any of those guys greats but they are having success and all those guys started somewhere else like so can you really claim Oklahoma like yeah they finished at Oklahoma but Jalen Hurts spent all his years at Alabama right. Baker Mayfield started at Texas Tech Kyler started at A&M so well that might that argument might support Oklahoma saying, look, these guys started somewhere else. Things didn't work there. They came here and they became top picks in NFL. Uh, Clemson, right? In NFL. Clemson may. If, if D- Trevor Lawrence. And DJ. Well, yeah, but we're saying if. DJ yeah. Uyagalele projects as a as a big pick. You know, he'll be the starter next year. But yeah, if, if him, then you'd have Deshaun. Well, I don't know if we include Deshaun. But Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's and, eventually going to get back on the field. <laughs> I, I don't know when, but he'll eventually get back to being a star yeah. on the field. Al- Alabama, I mean, you got Mac Jones, who you think will eventually be the starter in New England, to uh, the starter yeah, in Miami. Yeah, but you can't say Mac Jones. We don't know what he is. Right. No, I'm just saying, like, who would be potential in the okay. running? Because there, there is nobody. I mean, they're really North Dakota State is it. North Dakota State has two guys that could potentially be poised to be stars in the NFL. Well, wait a minute, though. If we just said if about we don't know what Trevor Lawrence is going to be, we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. So exactly. we can't go ahead and anoint him just yet, right? So that's why I say Clemson could be. If you got to, if Trevor Lawrence pans out to be what everybody says he's going to be, you can but that's honestly just two say. Guys. That's literally yeah. just two guys. And I know it's all relative. We're talking about 32 spots. But, no, the the answer to Chris's question or the thought process is, no, there isn't one school you point to and say they they deliver the best let quarterbacks. Me, let me throw, you, throw in A&M just from a standpoint of Kellen Mond could be good in Minnesota. Ryan Tannehill is kind of having a reclamation of his career. And I'll, I'll let them claim Kyler. <laughs> They could claim Kyler Murray. I thought you were about to say Johnny there. Manziel. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's still... No, they just went to that school, and these are guys that are trying to uh, make it in the NFL. Something similar in regards to draft, I just did this. I I just put this together real quick. So I went and pulled the All-Pro. So for those listening, there's a difference. Pro Bowl, that's a huge honor. Many guys will kill to be in the Pro Bowl. But All-Pro, that's the who's who of the current football players. It's one player from one position, uh, regardless of the conference, regardless of the division. So the All-Pro first-team offense this past season, get this. Obviously, you have 11 players. In the first round, take a guess how many first-rounders in there. Just random number. Two. No. One. Four. Oh, so God. four. So it's pretty high. I was just about uh, to say four. going to be that. Second round, two. Third round, one. Fourth round, one. Fifth round, three. 
What does that mean? Not much, but what it tells me is that I've always been excited about the later drafts if you have a good general manager and you pick guys who fit into your system. Think about it. The fifth round, you only have 11 guys on the first team all-pro offense. The fifth round had three of those guys. The fourth round, one. Third round, one. Second round, two. First round, four. So we love to just throw away oh, third, fourth, fifth round picks. They don't really mean anything. Well, you know what? If guys are given the chance and they're given the opportunity, they can grow into all pro type I'm, I'm glad you said all pro because that, that makes the argument stronger. Because I heard somebody yesterday say something about, oh, well, 45% of the league is made up of guys who were taken the fourth round or later. And I said, that sounds good and all, but that means... That doesn't mean you're good. Like, there's a lot of guys who make up a roster who aren't good. There's a lot of entire rosters who aren't good. Um, so I, I don't. But you saying the all pro makes it makes that argument legit because yeah, it means you were taken late and still became an elite level player. Then yeah, yeah. But when you say they're not good, what does that mean? Like. <laughs> They're in the NFL. They're good. Like, okay, Charles Amenehu, I love his story. Six-round pick. He's working his way to becoming a starter. Mm -hmm. So are you saying, yeah, but that sounds good, but on most teams, he's not your starting defensive end? Is that kind of what you real, mean by Real it? talk, he's not been a good a good NFL starter yet. You know what I mean? Like, it, like you can be a decent rotational piece, but I'm just, I just mean from a standpoint of, like, good to great NFL players. Like if if we're trying to make the case for you could find star players and good really good NFL players late in the draft, yeah, but most of them in the first round, right? But, but I just hate that we give these general managers and pro personnel scouts, college scouts passes by saying, oh, you know, they didn't have a pick in the first round. Oh, they didn't have a second uh, second round pick. If you're a general manager and you get paid to put together a team, you get paid to find talent. On the collegiate level, I expect you to find that talent that one fits your system. Because I will say this a lot like Aaron Jones, you know, I love what Aaron Jones is doing with the Green Bay Packers. I know wholeheartedly that if you take that same player with the same determination, same talent, the same strengths, and you put him, heck, you put him with the Texans, he might be Buddy Howell for the Texans, but you put him with the Green Bay Packers and it worked out for him. So not only do you find the talent because a lot of these guys are talented, you have to pick the right individual to fit your system. Okay. So that's the onus I put on these general managers. And a lot of these guys, when I look at a lot of these guys who go uh, in the later rounds, some of them because of the situations in which they came from. You know, you look at some of these guys who have to go maybe the JUCO route and then hop on later on into these D1 programs. Or they may have had some trouble coming out of high school and wasn't taken in a D1. Or they probably, you know, they couldn't qualify for some of these schools. And so I look at a lot of these guys who don't get, who get, who don't get seen or don't get watched a lot, you know, to be first-round talents. There's a lot of fourth, fifth, sixth-round guys, even seventh-round guys who – you know, may have went to a smaller college because that's the only thing that they could go to, but doesn't mean that they lacked on talent. Oh, no, absolutely. And guys yeah. grow, too. Gr guys grow. They're still developing in college. Now, keep in mind, one of the three fifth-round picks, Tyreek Hill. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't get too much into the personal side of things. I know he had some off-the-field issues coming out, which is why he dropped. But he might be the most explosive player on this list. But Stephon Diggs, that's another guy that made the all-pro first team. That's a fifth-round uh, that was taken in the fifth yeah, round. Yeah, you're, you're going to find gems. But I guess the point I was trying to make is, if we're trying to make an argument of, you you know, all these late-round guys make rosters, well, you got to fill out a roster, right? But... On a 53-man roster, you're not going to look at up and down the roster and go, 
damn, that is a that is a stud roster up and down. There ain't a bad player on that roster. Like, no, you, even good teams are going to have guys who are, I don't want to say scrubs, but, you know, guys I mean, who are... you're always going to have your bottom five. Your bottom five, your bottom ten. But the good GMs... So this isn't about can you find talent in the fifth... There's talent in the fifth round. There's talent in the sixth round. There's there's undrafted free agents that are talented, i.e. Arian Foster, Priest Holmes, the list goes on and on. Uh, was Tony Romo either a six-round pick or was he undrafted? He was undrafted. Yeah, undrafted. So there's talent there. I'm not saying... Look, it's... Your, your best players... As much as we want to argue it, the, I'm, I'm assuming the majority of your Hall of Famers, the majority on this list, you know, this list, the four first rounders out of the 11 starters on the offense, four of them were first rounders, then the next highest number was three in the fifth round. They're there. But my point is, if you're a good general manager, you find that talent that fits your system in the later rounds. But yes, I mean, yeah, when you have the first 32 picks, you're obviously going to pick uh, the top players out I, there. I read an article yesterday that was it was really interesting, breaking down offensive linemen taken in the first round. Mm -hmm. Now, look, we've had some stud guys, but it basically was saying like it's it's less than a 50 percent chance you're going to find a stud offensive lineman in the first round. But good bit of them are second, third, and fourth round guys, and particularly guards, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how often you're going to go, let's take a guard, left guard in the right. top 10 picks. But I, it just got me thinking because I heard so many people saying, Panay Sewell is a can't miss. Panay Sewell, the Bengals would be so stupid to pass on Panay Sewell. And nobody argued the the opposite. Jamar Chase is an elite level. Is there a Jamar Chase later in this draft? No, they take Jamar Chase. Like this whole thing of, Panay Sewell's can't miss. Right. Well, it, the, the numbers show offensive linemen aren't all just can't miss in the first round. All but, right. Go ahead real quick. No, I was just going to say, but you could also find a, a Antonio Brown later on, too. Wasn't he picked late? Yeah, I'm, oh, sure, yeah. I'm yeah, sure a lot so. of people want to deal with that. <laughs> exactly. Quick timeout. We'll Super get back champion. to it. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Sunny Digital. Got the club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the Welcome in, welcome back. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there in Radio Land. This is In the Trenches. I'm Kendi Calidius, Chris Gordy, Big Star to Big Star Sports on the other side of the table. Can I give you my uh, Jay Leno joke real quick? Yes. So, Jay Leno, remember on The Tonight Show, used to do, you know, he would do the monologue, really cheesy jokes. Mm hmm. They were usually always about, you know, Kim Kardashian, there's a full moon out tonight. You know, stupid jokes like that. Uh -huh. But I, when I saw this this morning, I immediately thought that's a Jay Leno joke right there. Where I read the headline, did you guys see this? Tickets to Texans games are being given out if you get the vaccine at NRG Park. <laughs> hey, I thought the idea was for people to want to get the vaccine. Boom. <laughs> it's a cheesy, cheesy impression, but... That's funny. You get where I'm going. Yes, yes, I get what you're going. They're really so they're offering if you go get the vaccine at Energy Park between May 3rd and May 16th. So that's right now. They're offering tickets to Texans games, concerts, and the Nutcracker to people to incentivize them to go get the vaccine. I'm trying to think if that's really going to work because most of the people that are hesitant in regards to getting the vaccine is because they either believe in some kind of conspiracy. Uh, they feel like, you know what, they don't know the ramifications long term in regards to their health. Like it's serious issues. It's real questions, which I respect, even though I've, I've taken and I've had the vaccine. But I respect the reason why they're afraid to to get the vaccine. So the question is, 
going to see a team that's expected to go four and twelve. Right. Is that really going to set make uh, allow you or make you set aside your hesitation regarding your health to go watch them play? I wouldn't do it. I, I just, <laughs> I mean, but you know what though? I'm also one. You couldn't offer me. You'd be like, hey, look, we'll give you cowboy tickets if you go. I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I'll just go so get that it because you have real hesitation. No, I, I went and got. I, I want. I went and got it because I want to live. So that's my. That was my incentive. But right. to, there's nothing on that list though, because I'm not a Travis Scott fan. So you know you couldn't. Oh, Travis Scott is the. Then they then they say tickets to Astroworld. So too? here, yeah, here are the other tickets that they're offering: Houston Texans tickets, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo grounds passes, uh, the Nutcracker Market, Monster Jam, Disney <laughs> on Ice. Uh, the 2022 Boat Show, the 2022 Auto Show, Astros Giveaways. Now, they don't say tickets there. I don't know what an Astro Giveaway is. Dynamo and Dash tickets and Houston Concerts presented by Live Nation. Astroworld. Oh, so it says you will be entered into a random drawing to win the tickets. So you won't even... You might might not even win anything. Yeah, you don't even get to choose what you win. But you might not win anything. Right. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The only... Here's the people that I feel like will actually hear this and then they'll rush out. People who are going to take it, going to get the vaccine, they didn't have any issue with it, but... They were just procrastinating. They're like, uh, you know, I'll get it, but I'm busy with work or I'll get it. But, I, you know, today's my only day off. I don't want to spend it waiting in a long line. Maybe this will urge those people to get it. Well, but, yeah, maybe some people, maybe some people who are getting it anyway are just right. like, all right, well, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. So I might as well enter this, do this, whatever. So. But I'm sure there's a, a pretty high percentage of people like that who are, you know, yeah, I'm planning on getting it, but they just haven't really been incentivized to to hurry up and go. So maybe this, I, I, I don't think they thought that they were going to change anybody's minds or belief regarding the the vaccination and that they're going to go get it just so they can go see Tyrod Taylor play. Yeah, that's upset. That's, <laughs> a, a that's, that's just what makes it funny. Like two years ago, yeah, I think you'd have a lot of people going, man, we'll go see Deshaun and J.J. Watt and but, the Texans, a playoff team and all that. Well, one, one thing that would get them back would be like, hey, listen, we need at least this certain amount of people to go get the vaccine and Deshaun say he'll come back. I, I still don't think they'll care. <laughs> yeah, that's between you and them. That does not have anything. Because there's a lot of people who just don't trust this. For right. and I'm not even gonna say for whatever reason. History shows why certain communities don't trust. Uh, y- you know these vaccinations. But I, I don't think going to a game is going to be like. Ah, you know what? Okay, I'm going to forget about the syphilis experiment from the 40s where they injected everybody in our community, and I'm going to go just so I can go watch a game. Out of everything that you read off, which one is the uh, most intriguing to you? Well, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo, it says grounds passes. Mm -hmm. So does that not include concert tickets for the rodeo? I would think so. Yeah. Um, I need to see what concerts are coming. I mean, concerts are just starting to ramp back up again. Uh, Live Nation puts on some pretty good shows, so you're part of the media though. You can get passes to go to that. Oh, you want to concerts? Take, take the missus. I'm not gonna go request a credential to a puddle of mud concert. Why wouldn't you? 
<laughs> well, what? I'm not going to go see that. I need to see who's coming at the, via Live Nation. Did you say Astros tickets was in there? Does Astros giveaways? So that might be just like an I would Astros do that. I would want bobbleheads or something. Bobblehead. Yeah. Are you a bobblehead collector? No, but I I, I like bobbleheads for some. Okay. I like to get them, look mm-hmm. at them, and then give them away. Okay. Could you, uh, Chris? You have some in your office, right? Oh yeah. I've seen guys who have the whole collection. Actually, looks pretty cool. They're but weird. I, I will say goodbye. NRG or Texans or whoever, you know, putting forth this effort to try to get everybody vaccinated. Quick note that kind of made me chuckle, but domestic abuse or abuse against women definitely isn't something funny. But just the bad luck the Tennessee Titans have been having with their draft picks. For those that don't know, the Tennessee Titans, they drafted Isaiah Wilson, offensive tackle out of Georgia last year in the first round. And you talk about. Uh, you know, the perfect example of a bust. This is a guy not because of injury and not because of just poor play, but poor decisions. He was cut by the Tennessee Titans the same year that they drafted him in the first round. Brian Flores of the Miami Dolphins, and I feel like that organization is trending up. So, you know what? Maybe this guy just needs a change of scenery. So what does he do? He signs Isaiah Wilson says, you know what? You have a fresh start. Fast forward. Ten days later, Brian Flores says, screw this kid. He, he just doesn't get it. So they cut him, and he's right now a free agent. Well, the Tennessee Titans, their fourth-round pick, Rashad Weaver, a defensive end out of Pittsburgh, who was pretty productive. If I'm not mistaken, he was all-American uh, all first team. They take him in the first round. Then they find out after the draft that on April 18th, he had an incident where he assaulted a woman at a club, at a bar, and now they're investigating that. Uh, who's getting looked at right now in the war room for the Tennessee Titans? Like, man, what the hell are y'all doing over there? Like, who, who's getting the brunt of this uh, this tongue lashing from the team owner? Uh, it's got to be Vrabel. Is it Vrabel or the general I mean, manager? Yeah. How do you I not mean, know? And now, is it fair? Because my first question was, okay, this incident happened April 18th. You spend hundreds of thousands of dollars vetting these players before you draft them. How does this not come up? Because it it could have slipped it could have slipped through the wire. You said April eighteenth, right? April eighteenth, yeah. Right, and so you're in the midst of trying to get everything together as far as you know putting together who you're going to draft, looking at all these the, the film and the intangibles, trying to make sure you got the right pick, and something like that could have slipped through the wire because wherever this happened, at, it could have been filed there, and they probably is like, oh well, we don't really know who this guy really really is, <laughs> and if he's going to go, and so your private investigator has done everything that he's supposed to do up to that point and given you the packet. This is something that happens afterwards. And I guess you can't look at every single player's, uh, you know, seeing if there's some kind of a criminal uh, allegations that's out there. Now, are you upset with the player for not bringing it up (laughs) during the call? It's funny, Rashad. I'm looking at his Twitter right now. He tweeted, woke up feeling like a Titan. This was a couple days ago. I'm just reading some of the comments now. (laughs) One says, RIP, this career didn't last very long. Another guy said, was so excited to see my pit boy drafted to my Titans. Damn. At least Wilson gave us four snaps. (laughs) (laughs) So they're already uh, expecting him to get cut and not to step on the field. Hopefully it's not true. Well, Andy, here's a question that I have for you, though. So Mm -hmm. what if it comes back like one of the reasons why Dak Prescott slipped in the draft so much is because he had a uh, a reported DUI and then they come out and say well he really didn't you know have a DUI mm-hmm. but by that time the draft was already over he had slipped to the fourth round so what if you are in the war room and you say hey we can't take this guy because he did this and then he comes back that he was innocent and now you've let your talent pass you by well, that happened with Lyle Collins yeah and that was horrific for with him this was a guy that should have been a first or second round well pick. that that was from the from what I know of the details of that Baton Rouge police messed up yes. they should have 
Like they 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 basically said they wanted to question him in a line of like a dozen or so people that they wanted to question for more details. I think it was a girl he used to date got yes. killed. Right. And they they wouldn't come out and say he's not a, they said is he a person of interest and they said we can't comment on that. Like clearly clear the guy right now say he's not a person of interest we just want to talk to him so that scared the hell out every all oh, 32 course. nfl teams are like especially with well, the this aaron guy Her- might be a murderer with the aaron hernandez exactly deal, still fresh on people's mind quick my uh quick time out who we're gonna catch up with we're still gonna we still have some lingering news regarding the draft yeah benjamin solak of the draft network uh i'll just tell you right now he they did their draft grades for all the nfl teams and their drafts Benjamin Solak gave the Texans an F. We'll uh, discuss with him next on the Texans draft. See his brackets. Them hoes ain't f***ing you because you ain't in that bracket. Learn life. Welcome in. Welcome back. You know how we do here in the trenches. It's all about that football and being two days out of the NFL draft. There are still so many things to kick around and no better person to do it with than our main man, Benjamin Solak. Yeah, one of the guys out there covering the NFL draft and uh, working with the draftnetwork.com and he joins us now. Benjamin, what's going on, man? I'm well. How you guys been? Well, we're doing okay uh, until I read your grade on the Houston Texans draft, and I, I, I'll, I don't know if I go as far to say I agree with your grade. I didn't, I wasn't happy with the draft. I think the guys in this room might disagree with me, but what were your overall thoughts on the uh, the Texans draft that they had over the weekend? Yeah, so obviously when you don't have a first round pick and you don't have a second round pick, there's only so much you can do. So we don't want to be too unfair, right? And obviously, I'm, I'm pretty tough on the Texans, but the reality is. That they went big eggs in the basket of Davis Mills and Nico Collins, right? Where they say obviously their quarterback situation is in disarray at this point, uh, so we're going to take a potential quarterback of the future at Mills, and then with Nico Collins, we're going to trade up uh, using our limited draft capital already to ensure we get this guy. And so, if you like me didn't like Davis Mills coming into the day and didn't like Nico Collins coming into the day, then that was going to be a tough look for you. Uh, Mills got the five-star recruit background. Uh, he's the number one quarterback in that class. He's only got 11 starts at Stanford. And so I understand how you talk yourself into him as a developmental player. But simply, I struggle to find developmental tools for Davis Mills. You know, when players like this come out, we see elite arm talent. Uh, I don't think Mills has that. We see elite mobility. And I don't think Mills has that. We see elite accuracy. And I don't think Mills has that. Uh, played in a pro-style system, but they started integrating RPOs and using quick games and nickel and dime down the field because I don't necessarily think he was as precise of a passer as you needed him to be to put together a, a consistent, true NFL passing offense. And so the, the flashes are certainly there, but the consistency is nowhere near there. The mechanics are nowhere near there. So he truly is a project player. And if Deshaun Watson has it, uh, won't ever take a snap again in Houston, and Mills has to start week one, I think he's really going to struggle early. Nico Collins, at the very least, you can find the developmental traits for him. Uh, height, weight, speed, sort of a player, another high-caliber recruit. But he had multiple seasons under Josh Gaddis up there in Michigan. Um, Gaddis is one of the best wide receiver coaches uh, in the college level. He's their offensive coordinator. And Nico's routes didn't really improve too much. You would have liked to have seen him get better. And, of course, quarterback play there in Michigan was bad, so he didn't have great opportunity. Again, I think there's a better chance he develops than Mills. But to trade up for him is to really take a gamble on a player who at this stage is incomplete. Uh, and, and with the depth of, of wide receiver classes year after year after year, I don't think the Texans, who need future draft capital, 
were in a position to be trading up to go get one guy. I would much rather see them sit and wait and we'll trade back and just take a different swing on a different player and continue to take those swings year after year after year. It's not like we're wanting for wide receiver talent in the NFL draft. So Mills and Collins just weren't it for me. I was following the Brevin Gordon pick. I like that one. Understand why they go for a guy like Garrett Wallow. Uh, the, the size is concerning, but he can be a sub-package backer for you. And then Roy Lopez, you know, Juco guy, comes up, has a good build. So they're redeeming picks that are on, on day three. There's reason to believe those guys can become role players. But day, day one and day two, to me, the Texans did not add impact players. Um, that's very difficult to see for a draft class. Benjamin, you gave us an F. Can we do some extra credit, maybe with our undrafted free agents? <laughs> Have you studied them to give us some uh, more points on, on the test that we failed? Yeah, the Texans undrafted free agent class, I'm trying to remember. It's a weird year for undrafted free agents because it's such a thin class because so many of the super seniors went back. Uh, I know they got Marlon Williams, wide receiver out of UCF, who I like. He's got a nice, uh, a, a nice build for a speedster. He's fast, but he's thick. He's dense. And so he can hang up against contacts pretty well. So I like Marlon Williams. I thought that he was draftable. Carson Green's got a ton of starting experience as well. Nice tackle out of Texas A&M. He's played there for a long time. And that's nice to have on, on your offensive line depth chart because, you know, if you have to put him in, he's savvy. He's experienced. Uh, and so those players are players that were legit dudes coming out of college. Uh, I think they were all day three guys. And so I don't think they got any crazy value with undrafted free agents. But listen, you know, it's... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was never, I don't think, going to be a great class for the Texans. Because, number one, you didn't have a ton of capital. And, number two, anytime you have a new GM come in, he didn't have a full year with his scouting staff to go through their process. And especially this year, in which the process was so different, you know, because of COVID and no games and what have you. But it's not surprising that the Texans had a class that was a little bit weird relative to consensus boards. Uh, First-time GMs often have that experience. Because, again, they're still bringing their staff into place. So I don't think by any means we should be sitting here and going, Nick Casario doesn't know what he's looking at. I think he does. Uh, Nick Casario is a, a, especially aggressive in free agency. I like that a lot. I thought that was a good approach. I think Casario's got good things going for him. It's just this was a tough draw, and even with a tough draw, I don't think he made the most of it that he could. Yeah, I think we were, you know, I, I said it yesterday, you know, if they had had a first and second round pick and they take Davis Mills in the third, I don't think we're – you know, freaking out over it or making a big deal out of it. But the fact that that was your first pick of the draft and it's at a spot where, you know, you have Deshaun Watson, albeit with off-the-field issues and all that, it just felt like, man, is this it? Are we turning the page on Deshaun or what's the deal here? I mean, in your mind, you know, looking back, and I was looking through it this morning, the history of third-round quarterbacks or quarterbacks taken in the third round, majority of them have been, like, perennial backups, Mike Glennon, those kind of guys. Yeah. Is there any chance Davis Mills could be, you know, i got to go back nine years, Russell Wilson was a third-rounder. Is there any way that Davis Mills could even be in that category? I, right, I think, right, perennial backup is much more so. I think he's a great guy on the clipboard. He's a great guy in practice. He's what I like to call Monday to Saturday quarterback because the preparation habits are great. 
Sardos running good in practice. Ball comes off his hand nice and clean. Once the live bullets start flying on Sunday, then we start to get into a problem. Uh, and you're right, you know, and, and, and NFL teams like to talk themselves into it, and NFL fans like to talk themselves into it, but the history of middle-round quarterbacks is extremely bleak. If you want a starter, you pretty much got to go get them early, or else you got to get real lucky. And when you get real lucky, those players can be a huge advantage. I did not see that in Mills. Like I said, it, it, it's not like a situation with Wilson where you're like, oh, he does a lot of what we like, but he's too short. Or Prescott where it's, oh, he has a lot of good tools, but is he consistent accuracy, right? Mills, it's very difficult to find the redeeming trait. Uh, this was a guy who just had a very high recruiting ranking, went to Stanford, and was never consistent, had health problems. This is not even how he's going to be available. He is a, he's a tough player to get all the way in on. It's a classic... NFL loves him because people in NFL circles have been talking about him for three years because of the recruiting ranking. But in general, it's, it's hard for me to find that future. So yeah, to me, more so of a career backup type than anything else. You talked about NFL circles talking about certain quarterbacks. It seems like Justin Fields was always 1A to Trevor Lawrence being 1. When did you think to yourself, you know what, Zach Wilson is a better NFL prospect than Justin Fields, or did you ever think that? I personally didn't. Uh, respect the way that Wilson jumped up this past year, had a tremendous season. BYU made a scheme change and started running a lot more of this Kyle Shanahan outside zone play action stuff. And we've seen what that approach has done for quarterbacks like Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins, who aren't really top talents, but boy, it makes them look real good for stretches of play. Uh, and that helped Wilson out a ton. And so, I still think some of the inconsistencies throwing over the middle of the field are there for Wilson. Uh, you know, he enjoyed really, really good pass protection this year. So play under blitz, play under pressure is still a question mark. Good prospect, first round prospect for sure, but I would have taken two years starting in the Big Ten pro West Coast style offense, Justin Fields, who also, you know, six two, two thirty runs four four. Like that that would have been where my investment would have been. Wilson and Fields clear first rounders though, uh, and, and Lee got excited by Wilson's own talent, the arm angles, the release off-platform, some of this Aaron Rodgers, Tyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes sort of stuff. This is the direction the league is trending. So the question for Wilson with the work is, will he be able to do enough impressive, amazing magic trick stuff outside of the pocket to get away with some shaky play inside of the pocket early in his career? Benjamin Solak, thedraftnetwork.com. Ben, thanks for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, fellas. I hope it goes well for y'all in Houston. I appreciate that, Ben. Uh, Yeah, I give his connection an F. If he's going to give the Texans an F for their draft. Apologies. His his connection is an F. All right, we want you to get in. Just make sure you have a good connection. 713-212-5790. And a Hall of Fame quarterback calling out Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Big shout out to Ruben Fathery. I went to Plex yesterday to sign the kids up for summer workouts. This kid out of Fort Ben Foster, he signed with Texas A&M. And when I say this is a grown-ass man, I used to take offense when they would say that the players now coming out of high school are bigger, stronger, faster after seeing the guys that I've seen recently and Ruben fathering, they and I know he's just one man, they absolutely are built a little different than we were in the 90s and early 2000s. But, man, great kid. 
cool to see these positive kids. We have so much negative uh, news on these kids, but I saw him working out at Plex with Danny Arnold. Six, every bit of 6'8", 315 pounds. And if you can picture someone being muscular and slim at 315 pounds, that's what this kid is. So it's going to be fun to watch him at Texas A&M. Let's head out to Katie where they know a thing or two about high school football and talk to Jason about the draft. What's going on, Jason? Hey, Andy. How you doing today? How are you? All right. Listen, that guy just confirmed everything I thought about the Texans draft. I mean, the Texans are four years away, realistically, four years away from seeing the playoffs again. And four years from now, Mills is going to be carrying the clipboard for another team. Okay, they should have taken an interior offensive lineman or a nickelback, somebody four or five years down the road who would still be contributing. I'm not talking superstar. I'm talking about just a solid role player. You know, a nickelback four years from now would be better than what we're going to get out of Mills. No, you know what, Chris, he he convinced me as well because my thought was the gamble if he does become – a legit starter, Jason. Oh, you really got something out of the third round. But I'm starting to lean towards what you and Chris Gordy have been saying, where, no, you could have found at least a depth player at a different position for the next four to five years. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. The Texans are a joke right now. They're a bigger joke than the Browns. And this draft did nothing but intensify that. You know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> – I'm with you, man. I, the only thing I was going to bring up, and we could dissect this more in the coming weeks, but the guys who were taken right after Davis Mills, I'll just give you a, a, a couple of names. I'll tell you right now, indeed, I would have been perfectly fine with any of these guys. And their very next picks, Jalen Mayfield, offensive tackle out of Michigan. Fine. Can totally see that. Want to add depth to the O-line. Second pick after him, Joseph Asai, defensive end out of Texas. Great. We I lost J.J. Watt. Yeah. We're getting a defensive end. May not start immediately, but we're adding depth to the D-line. Brady Christensen out of BYU, the next pick, offensive tackle. The guy that I really like, Aaron Robinson, cornerback out of UCF, went went after. And then one more pick, defensive tackle, Ali McNeil out of NC State. Uh, yeah, okay, you took Ross Blacklock in the second round last year. You go DT tackle again. But at least I could, I could reason with those picks in that you're adding depth of a player that is going to be on a rookie contract for the next four years, and I can develop. You're taking a quarterback just like – Okay, I guess this is the guy we're going to try to develop, but again, history of third round quarterbacks. What are they really? Is this a guy that, you know, and they asked, again, I go back to Aaron Reese asking Casario straight up, do you see Davis Mills as a franchise quarterback? And he didn't answer the question because I think the answer is he doesn't. Could he be avoiding that question? Because what if he said yes? Then you know what that's going to lead to. Oh, Deshaun Watson's being counted out. No, you know how you answer that question? Yeah, our, we loved everything we saw in Davis Mills. Our our hope is one day he is. And that's what you say. You leave it at that. One day we hope he is. There's no timeline on that. There's no pressure on Deshaun's gone or whatever. And now you, you, you're getting to a point now where back in the day, fans used to be like, look, I'm going to go support the team just because I'm going to go support the team. But, you know, yesterday, and all, you know, Larry and, and Stafford, who calls this show, you know, a lot – who has very strong opinions, he he jumped into a, a conversation where a guy was like, I'm giving up my tickets. I've been there since day one, and now I'm, I'm giving up my tickets. And that started, and, and Larry, when Larry jumped into the conversation, a lot of other people jumped in. And I didn't realize there's a lot of people who have given up their season tickets because we're at a point now where some of these fans are like, look, I'm not going to keep just throwing my money at a franchise that 
keeps repeatedly doing things like this it's almost like you're putting yourself in into being mediocre and you're selling the fans on well not this year but next year and then next year comes you know well not this year but i guarantee you we're going to be good next year you know let me just get in here and and, and and implement my system and things like that but these fans now and, and i don't know if it's enough that that will reach uh you know kyle mcnair and, and him starting to say okay well there's some things happening but you know if you lose one fan like that much less 10 fans it's still something to be like okay maybe it's something that we're thinking about and i know out of you know what what do they always say Seventy six thousand fans in, something in like, but, but jason's call yeah. that that kind of that that's what we're starting to hear more and more just the frustration not even yes. though i hate the texans i hate this but even with jason's calls like they just don't know what they're doing now i feel like nick casario you need to give him a chance now I say I'm not giving him a pass because they don't have a first or second round pick, but I am giving him a chance. Before you start saying you're selling your your tickets or you don't feel like it's going to work out, I, I, this is his first year. That's the one thing that I would say. Is this is his first year. Let's at least see what he can do. But, but here's the thing I'll say on Casario. Like- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and it's not his duty to, like, he doesn't have to do this. But I wish he would. I wish he would say more in these press conferences. One, I wish he'd give more information and just thinking into their thought process. Again, oh, I don't, you know, he doesn't owe us anything. Yeah, well, it, it just sucks because we got these guys who all think they're the smartest guy in the room. And then we're Texans fans sit here, sitting here three years after the fact, and Bill O'Brien's gone and Brian Gaines gone. Like these guys, you're just here for a temporary period of time, Nick Casario. I wish he would say more, hey, look, fans, trust the process. We got a plan in place. We just hope you got we haven't heard that from him. It's 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 all tight to the vest. It's we know what we're doing. You know, you guys are idiots. You just take what we're giving you. And that's the vibe I get from it. And that's what makes a lot of fans upset because like like you never ever came out and said why Brian Gain was fired, which when he had I put it like this, when he had a third round pick, he made the best out of it. And you know, by getting Justin Reed. Yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, just as often as I like to say that there's talent in the later picks, Justin Reeves just don't fall off trees in the third round as well. Now, yeah. some people will argue he took a step back last season, but I think that's going to be, he's going to be one of the top safeties in the league. Jay Money, Reggie, you're up next in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. With N.D. Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back. One hour down, one hour to go here in the trenches. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Before we get to the calls, I just... The cool thing about the draft, you're so focused on your team, you're focused on whatever you're focused on, and then just little things stand out to you. Like, I didn't realize they were, didn't just hit me until now. The Miami Dolphins, they're going to roll out Jalen Waddle and Wolf Fuller out there. <laughs> like, when you talk about speed on top of speed, I don't know how that's going to play out because you might argue they're very similar type of wide receivers. And, you know, then they have Devontae Parker as well. That 
That yeah. could be very interesting for take, Tua Tungo Viola. Take the chains off my guy Tua and let yeah. him let him be because I went back and watched some of the film a few weeks ago of Tua last year. Oh my god! Like I don't know if it was coached or if it was just him, but everything was checked down. Everything was short. There was no intermediate to deep routes. Like let this guy go. He's a first round pick. He's coming off a of hip surgery. We've right. got to be careful with him. No, Brian Flores, let's go. And I know George Godsey's the OC there, and like him or love him, let's go. Like let Tua be free. Like you got all these weapons now. You got Miles Gaskin, who was a nice breakout start running back last year. Let's go. You got the receiving corner to to fling the ball around. And the field. he's had this entire offseason to continue to get his hip and his body stronger and to learn the playbook. They don't have a change in offensive coordinator. All that is very important to the development of a young quarterback. So this might be uh, the team to watch in 2021. Jay Money, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, Andy, Chris, Sarge? Please bear with me this day. Uh, because I feel like Larry today with the the moves and things that these Texans are made, it is just uh, at least you scratching your head all the time. They knew when they drafted this young man, they knew he was going to be a project. And then when when you see that big brace on his left knee and they talked about how severe that injury was, this young man physically, even on film, didn't look looked like he was out there comfortable and being able to be able to move around. But you knew when you signed him he was going to be a project from the start. But what is their thinking over there when the majority of players that he signed in this offseason to all these one-year contracts, you're going to be back scratching your head again next year trying to fill all of the voids that you didn't fill when you could have, like Chris said, all those players that he named that came after that or Texans pick were are players that's going to be able to contribute right away. But yet and still, the Texans continue to be disloyal towards their fans by bringing in these prompt-based players that they know are projects and are, are not even long-term or starters. Now, with that being said, Larry and a lot of people this year are going to start giving up those tickets, and I don't believe, I don't see all these sellouts and things that are in the near future because since he's taken over this organization, it has continually went backwards. And then another thing, I have an issue with a person. I don't know what's wrong with Nick Casario's eyes or something, but he never, you always got to be leery of a person that talks to you sideways. Because, number one, they're lying to you when they don't develop eye contact. Yeah. And then a lot of the Cowboys' draft choices were questionable once you got past to the third round. And even a lot of those players that they had on their mock draft were already drafted by other teams. So that felt kind of strange that everybody that was on the Cowboys' mock drafts previously got pulled and drafted way beforehand. But I just had it's really this is one of these days you just got to blow off some steam when you talk about the text. I got you, Jay Money. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah, the the only point I, I, I've been trying to make with the one year deal is and N D I think is a little bit more optimistic about it where where you've said, No, it's a good thing. As soon as you see you got a star in one of these guys on a one year deal, go go give them the contract. The only problem I have with that is a lot of these guys, if they are having monster years Mm -hmm. they're gonna say no sir i'm gonna wait till free agency like philip Lindsay, if he if we get through the first three weeks of the season and he's 100 yards rushing in all three games 
And Nick Casario goes, Philip, man, love what you've done so far. We want to go ahead and here's a contract extension. We want to give you another year uh, on this contract. We'd love to keep you here through next year. Philip Lindsay's going to go, hey, my man, why don't we wait a little bit? I'm going to see how this thing plays out because I feel like I'm killing it for you guys. I'm leading the league in rushing or among the league leaders. I'm going to go hit free agency and get it, paid it de- this offseason. It depends on what that number is and what it looks like, especially at the running back position. When you're a guy who's been undrafted, when, you, when you're an undrafted guy, Guy like Philip Lindsay, you never signed that second contract. A team friendly extension that's friendly for the team is also a great deal for the individual, especially running back. Running back's a different kind of animal, one with the injuries, one with the steep drop off in production. It's hard for me to believe that if Philip Lindsay, after four or five games, is averaging, I'll keep it even a little more realistic, is averaging 85, 90 yards a game, or, mm-hmm. or to your point, he's killing it. And they offer him a four-year, sixteen million dollar deal. Which oh is yeah, very, he would take that. Yeah, I don't even think that's a mo- too that monstrous of a deal. Yeah, but my point is, with the running back, it's like, man, I might not even make it through this year without getting a serious injury. I've never signed a huge deal in the past, so it's not like I have three, four million sitting in the bank. Right, I, I think he would take that. Now, on the flip side, if I'm Casario, I'm not giving four years. I'd give two, two or three, two with an option. Like in other words, you're going to tack it on to the current deal that he's on. But the thing that is scary is like we okay so we've gone through the draft and free agency right Andy mm-hmm. and, and on draft or free agency so how your roster looks right now I don't know if it's going to significantly change over the next few weeks to months they have no running back under contract through next season like all these guys come off the books after this year see that and, and I get what you're saying that just That's doesn't never, bother me but they've never this season, been the this Texans season hasn't even started the Texans have never been in that position before look as as Bad as things have been for the Houston Texans, and I'll admit that things have been bad lately, the way you talk about that is like this time next year, we're going to be all scratching our heads like, wow, there's zero running backs on the roster. Oh, no, no. Because, you know who will still be here? David Johnson going, I'll stay another year. Well, of course you will because you stink. Mark Ingram's going to go, hey, bro, I, I'll extend my apartment another year. Of course you will because no one wants you. Like, I'm not saying they're not going to have anybody. I'm right. just saying that's scary that you have no, um, you know, no security there at all. If any, like, you have no bodies there. And even the – who's the linebacker that filled in for Benadry McKinney? Terrell Adams, right? Terrell yeah. Adams. Yes. And Still I thought available. He, yeah, and I thought he played very well. But this goes to my point where – you know, you seem to be a little afraid that they won't be able to sign the guys that produce. Tyrell Adams, they wrote articles about him. His numbers were up. We talked about how much money he's making during the during the season because of the great play. He's still available, just like you said. So if Christian Kurtzke, who signed a one-year deal, but he's shown that he can play in this league when he was with the Cleveland Browns, if he's having a good year by midseason, if, Nick Casario wants to extend him two or three years. I, I don't think that without a doubt he's going to say, no, I'm going to hit the free market. I just don't understand why. The money why. in the hand, especially, again, for football, the money in the hand it is there's a premium when you have that money right there because you know any given play, you can tear that ACL, you can ha- have a Dylan Cole-type injury. Dylan Cole, when he's healthy, he's very productive. That's a guy that's still available because, you know, he hasn't been able to prove to be healthy for an entire season. I'm just saying you couldn't tack on a second year to any of these deals you gave out. Like Desmond King. I mean, Desmond King was a couple years ago really good DB. I'd have had no problem with them giving him a two-year deal. You sign him a one-year deal, he balls out, he's gone. Like, that's just what I keep looking at with 
what like and, and maybe the message you send to me from Casario is he sees this as a full roster rehaul. We're doing a full rebuild. Yeah, let's go sign a bunch of one-year deal guys so we're competitive this year. You know, we're, we're not going to be god awful, but hey, it's a complete teardown for for 2022. Here's another thing though, Chris. What if though what if some of those players are like I only want one year here? Maybe I'm here to, you know, to to rebuild or to, you know, show other teams that I'll be better the year after this. Maybe I'm just here to get myself together and then move on. Some there is that. Players. There is that because because of the 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 money, right? The yes. salary cap didn't didn't go up this year. And that that is part of it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, man, if you're a good GM and you GM's always got to be thinking 2, 3, 4, 5 years down the line, right? You all it's always about the future. Casario just doesn't seem to be thinking about the future right now. YOLO. Reggie, what's up, Reg? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are hey, you? Andy. Uh, one day, you and I are going to have to uh, go uh, talk about what we talked about with the guy, Robert Namitsky. Remember him? The D-tackle uh, was highly recruited. You and Greg and I had that conversation, and I pretty much told you guys about uh, people being picked like that because you were talking about it yesterday about the guy with the uh, offer in middle school. Yes. But, hey, man, I was calling uh, to talk about this. Uh, you know, these guys keep talking about people and these tickets. Man, as soon as they, they don't re-up on those tickets, you're going to have hundreds and hundreds of other people pick those tickets up. So I think a lot of time when people make that comment about people not going to the games and people not going to buy tickets, there are going to be people that going to pick those tickets up because they've been waiting so long. And my thing, Gordian guys, is – he replaced right with mm and um. All he said through that com- that interview was um and um, and that kind of irritated me to the point that I tell you guys, I'm not a true Texan fan because I do not want to invest money into an organization that won't give people a second chance. That you're too, we're too good of a franchise. You haven't won crap. You haven't done crap, but hung up banners in a stadium. But yet you telling us. People who want to see elite athletes, no matter what they've done, getting a second chance. Oh, you can't come to this organization and play because you don't have a standard. What's your standard? Tell me the standard. Three guys there, well professional men. Tell me the Texan standard, and I may I understand it. What standard do they have, Andy? Shoot, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, I'm not the person who can answer that. That's one of those like Chris keeps talking about. Something Nick Casario has to answer. And not only Nick, it's been going since that franchise been in existence. They will not uh, sign a person with a checkered pass, and that's why I do not. Well, see, I played with guys when I was with the Texans who had checkered pass. Now it just wasn't known. It was known outside of the. It was known in the locker room. It was known with the the general manager. But we, there's been guys over there that they had to double check and recheck some criminal background before they signed them to make sure it wasn't going to come back up. I I think that gets overplayed because it's not the, you know, it's not the publicized issues or publicized deals. If that makes sense. Okay, well, still to me, that's why one of the reasons why I just don't put my all into the Texans. I cheer for them, but I just, you know, I adopted teams in the past because of the fact that they give players chances. That I'm just saying that to say this, man, that this, that the Texans are going to come up. 
and I believe with all these draft choices that they're going to have in the future, that team is going. They're going to get that all together there. But still, until you learn to address stuff, you know, just be straight like Jay just said. Stop making up stuff. Just tell the truth. That's all we ask for as fans. And I just hang up and listen. Just tell us the truth. Appreciate that. Got uh, Larry, Brad, and Danny want to jump in. The phone lines are lighting up in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk Seven Ninety. Welcome in, welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday as we are here in the trenches and we appreciate any and everyone who gets in the trenches with us. We are the most interactive show and can't do it without you. Want your opinions, want your questions. And, you know, I feel bad because Reggie asked me what's the standard and look, I'm going to keep it real. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I know what they're going to tell you, but when you really dig into it, you're just really not going to know until you're in the meeting rooms with them, the microphones are turned off and there are no cameras and you start to see true colors. Well, just to piggyback on what I was saying earlier about, you know, I wish he, and again, Casario, you could say, oh, he doesn't know the fans anything. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't have to tell the media anything. If he were to say things, uh, Rogue Astro was brought up on Twitter. He said, Jeff Luno sat down with season ticket holders and told them his plan and did exactly what he said. When Jeff Luno got here 2012, 2013, they they met with season ticket holders constantly and the media and said, guys, we have a plan. It's going to take time. We're going to stink for a while. But trust the process. This is our plan. We're going to build through the draft. We're going to build the best farm system in baseball. We're going to bring up talent. And then once we get there, we're going to spend in free agency. We haven't heard anything from Nick Casario and his plan other than He's hired old David Cully because he follows and says and does whatever he tells him to do. And Jack Easterby's still up there, seated at the right hand of the father. You know who likes that? <laughs> Larry and Stafford loves him some Jack Easterby. What's going on, Larry? <laughs> hey, don't you put that on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey, look here, Indy. I'm going to hit on everything, but I'm glad I got a chance to hear uh, uh, Jay Money and Reggie's call, and I'm going to touch on them at the end. But let, let, me, let me say this. As far as the standards go, they don't have no damn standards. It's, that's an easy look. If, if you're going to sit up here and say that you 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 want to have this culture, right? You want to build this 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 great culture over there. How can you build culture with somebody who was the G, the general manager, or the right hand man when they had Deflate Gate? They had Aaron Hernandez. They had all the videoing of other teams' practices under Nick Casario. Nick Casario's character is garbage. And he was a, a part of all the stuff that was going on up in New England. So was Easter Bunny when uh, he got he finally got upset because his owner was getting massages down there at the spa with old Donald Trump. So don't don't sit up here and talk like they they got some standards. They don't have no standards. The only standards they have that is what is 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 efficient for them because Cal McNair should know better. And see, here's the issue that everybody don't understand with me when it comes to me being a Texan fan. I was a young man when I got those tickets, man. I was still going to the Kappa Beach. I was still going down there, riding my motorcycles with big booty girls on the back and listening to stuff in Frankenstein 2020 and hitting the little hand. So I was a young man then. But now I spent 20 years waking up at 3.30 in the morning, going over there, setting up tailgate stuff, walking into the stadium and watching them have a kickoff return back on their ass against Kansas City before I even sat in my seat. And so y'all want me to just continue to just go ahead and continue to allow that? And trust me, I'm well aware of the fact that as soon as I let my tickets go, 
somebody else to get her. But I can tell you, you don't know how disgusted I am when my son tells me, Dad, I don't even want the tickets that you was going to leave for me when you die because I don't believe that that team is going to continue to do anything but what they've already done. That's a stab in the heart for me. And so when I hear this kind of stuff, we should expect have, we should have high expectations. Jack Easterby and uh, uh, Nick Casario haven't said anything. And going to Jay Money's point, I don't know what the hell Nick Casario was looking at with, the, with them damn eyes neither at the damn draft board. Because if you're sitting up here trying to convince us that you're doing what's in the best interest of the team, Taking a quarterback when the defense was ranked 31st was not in the best interest of the team. Now, all these one-year players that you're signing to one-year deals or whatever, that continues to divide and that, that to, continues to get rid of the fans' connection to the team because all these people you're bringing in are just hired guns until they can get more money and then they go away. Indy, it's a bad situation that they are continuously making bad because they don't feel like they have to engage. And we're not even asking them to let us know what they're going to pick or whatever. But they should want to try to re-engage the fans. Nobody in that organization can tell me why the general manager of the Houston Texans have not told the fans in this city that he's had a conversation with his quarterback. That's not a legal matter. You can tell us, hey, man, I'll talk to the son to make sure that he's okay. They haven't told us nothing. This team is not going to do anything until they get somebody over there that really understand people and our how. All right. Appreciate that. Good call. Let's go back out to the phone lines in order of longest wait and bring in Danny. What's up, Danny? Hey, fellas. How you doing? How are you? Oh, good. I hate following Larry. <laughs> <laughs> He's a tough act to follow, but you can do it. Yeah. Hey, uh, everybody's deba debating this uh, <clears throat> Davis Mills pick. Uh, and I think the more important question is who the heck is running the draft? I mean, we've been told Easterby is not involved with football, but there he is sitting right next to Casario on draft day. And is it a coincidence? I don't know, maybe conspiracy, but the first player they pick graduated from Atlanta Christian School and is, is described by everybody as being a very devout young man. Now, is, is that coincidence, or is that Jack Easterby trying to make the team in his image? And I'll go ahead and hang up and listen. The, the one thing I hate about this, there's this attack on... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Great kids. Or there's this attack on religious young men. There's this attack on, on Christian young men playing football because people feel like, oh, that's a Jack Easterby requirement. A lot of players, not just with the Texans, are Christian and live a Christian lifestyle. It's not just the guys that Jack Easterby picks out. I don't think, I hope not. I hope that's not <laughs> uh, the reason why certain players are here. 
Yeah. yeah well, but there's so many. It's, like, we act like this being a Christian is a new thing. And, no, it's not. Uh, and, oh, this is some new cult. And because Jack Easterby is a part of it, those are the only play. There's a lot. Look, back when I played, I, I will say this. One of the pleasant surprises or surprises coming out of college, because I always heard all these rumors about NFL locker rooms and NFL players. When I first got to the the NFL locker room, I was like, wow, there's, there's like a, a lot of good, strong Christian men in these locker rooms. Like, it's not just a bunch of guys who are out there banging 50 chicks at the same time and snorting crack off the cracks of strippers. I mean, there's a lot of, like, good family men in these locker rooms, not just the Houston Texans. And anytime a guy who happens to be one of those individuals comes to the Texans, it's a shame now that there's going to be this negative twist on it because of Jack Easterby. It's not a negative twist. All I'll say is this. We've we've heard and seen – how con- conniving and manipulative Jack Easterby can be when we hear the story of him and Cal are leaving the Texans, you know, the final game of the season last year, and he says, oh, let's stop and pray on it and all this stuff. He's, from at least the SI articles and things we've heard and read, is he uses religion to manipulate people. So if they are bringing in great Christian men, that's awesome. I mean, you want to have that, but it sucks if he's using that for control over these guys to say, hey, look, no, man, I, I know you might that. be doubting my leadership and me here, but let's pray on it real quick. And you're a guy who's who's big into your faith. You're going to go, okay, yeah, you're going to buy into him because of that. Whereas guys like Deshaun and all that, Deshaun is a very, was a very Christian guy prior to all this stuff. But he even said, you know, from, from what we had heard, that we saw through the BS. We saw through, oh, this guy is a serpent and snake's clothing or and whatever. The, and the thing is, too, is that there's a lot of, you know, and there's a lot of players in that locker room that's like, listen, you know, I, I believe in Christ, but I don't want to push down my throat. Or I don't want to, if I come in here and I'm talking about a wild night that I had, I don't want to be judged by, you know, the person listening around the corner. You know, I don't want the, the vice president of what is he the vice president of again? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Football what, operations. Yeah, I don't want the, the the I don't want him peeking around the corner, then going back and say, "Well, you know, we can't have this guy because last night he was in Onyx making it rain and thunderstorm, tsunami, all this." Now we don't need that. Well, then that's shame on them, and they'll never be a good organization if that's the case. Quick timeout. We're going to switch gears. The Houston Astros are going to the NYC to take on the Yankees. We're going to speak with Brian McTaggart of MLB.com. You definitely. Don't want to miss that in the trenches only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back. Playing a little Jay Z in New York because that's where the Houston Astros will be. And no better person to be Houston Astro baseball with than Brian McTaggart. Also, a great follow on Twitter if you want to sound like a baseball aficionado when you're chilling at the bar. Make sure you check him out at Brian McTaggart, and we are lucky enough to get him here every single week in the trenches. Brian, how are you doing this afternoon? Doing good, baseball expert. How are you guys? <laughs> we're doing we're doing pretty well. Look, being the expert that I am, Brian, I know that the last time we talked, the Houston Astros were second to last in the AL West, and now they've climbed up to second. What what's been the big difference for these Strohs as they continue to climb up the ranks? Well, I think it's been their pitching, especially their starting pitching. Uh, last ten days, maybe even two weeks or so. Um, but especially the last 10 days, the starters have, have gone deeper into games, pitched better. You know, Christian Javier had that stretch of three consecutive quality starts. 
uh, three consecutive scoreless starts. You know, that got scratched the other night. Or Key, seven scoreless his, his last time out. Granke's been really good. Uh, McCullers has a couple of really good starts under his belt in a row, and, and that takes the pressure off the bullpen. And, um, you know, they're not mashing the ball still like they did the first week of the season. I mean, I think they've hit two home runs in their last six games maybe, but um, getting really good pitching. And, I mean, you know, you don't have to be an expert to know it's been this way in baseball for 125-plus years. You get good pitching, you're going to win a lot of ball games. So uh, they got a chance to keep that up with Grinky going tonight. Speaking of tonight, Brian, it's the first return to Yankee Stadium since the Astros cheating scandal and first time playing the Yankees since all this. And I expect it's going to be a rocking crowd. I'm looking at the back page of the New York Post right now, and it says, Take out the trash. It's got Correa, Bregman, and Altuve in their faces inside of a trash can. It says, We want them to know they're a bunch of cheats. The only saving grace here, Brian, is that it's not a sold-out crowd. I think I heard it's going to be 25% capacity, so maybe it won't be as over the top. But, man, those Yankee fans are insane. I would not be surprised if some idiot runs out on the field and does something stupid in this series. Yeah, I think there's only going to be 10,000 fans in there, which is, you know, uh, you know that's manageable. I mean, that that's a tough place to play. Uh, you know, I don't know if you were there in the – 2017 ALCS, the three middle games, Astros went up there and lost. And I've never been uh, seen an atmosphere in a baseball game like that. I mean, the place was literally rocking. It was tough. And it's not going to be like that with only 10,000 fans. So maybe the Astros catch a bit of a break there. But it's going to be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if we see anything, really. I mean, fan, a fan on the field, something thrown. I'm sure there's going to be all kinds of interesting signs and, of course, booze. Uh, raining down. Uh, I mean, there are only five Astros players that are on that 2017 team, but it is four of their main players on the infield, and then McCullers, who pitches on Thursday. So um, it's going to be a lot of reasons. I mean, it, Yankees fans have been waiting for this for you know a year and a half now. So I mean, there's there's a lot of fans that are going to go there with the intention of mind to try to make the Astros' lives miserable. Yeah, speaking of Lance McCullers pitching on Thursday, he'll be going against a former Houston Astro, Garrett Cole, and he's been having a pretty good season. Can you kind of touch on that? Yeah, he's been great. Um, you know, he's been everything so far that the Yankees wanted when they paid him all that money. A little bit of a, you know, splotchy season last year. I mean, he was good, but he looks like the 2019 Garrett Cole right now, just absolutely dominant. Um, I think he's the best pitcher in the game. I mean, you know, you can argue, uh, you know, Scherzer or uh, DeGrom. Um, you know, DeGrom and DeGrom was the NL player pitcher of the month and, and Cole was the AL pitcher of the month. I mean, he's right there. When I look forward to watching the pitch, I really haven't sat down and watched him pitch the full, full game, I think, since 20, uh, since he left the Astros in 2019. So, um, that's going to be fun at, at noon on, uh, on Thursday to watch that one. And McCullers well, has pitched really well, too. Well, the only thing with Cole, I've seen him a couple times, he looks super lame with a shaved face and cut hair. Yeah. So, whatever. He doesn't look as cool as he did when he was in uh, in Houston, but I digress. The, the thing is, Brian, with the fans booing, it, it feels like, I mean, that opening series with Oakland and then this, this series we just saw this weekend in Tampa where they were booing the heck out of him, Astros seemed to kind of respond at times with the booing. I know they, the bats felt cold in Seattle and Colorado, but... Maybe that might be what they need. Like, what do the Yankee fans do if they're booing and the Astros are scoring a ton of runs, you know? Yeah, there's nothing they can do. At the end of the day, I mean, I think it's not going to have that much effect on what happens on the field. I mean, I don't think the players really care. I mean, uh, you know, there's, it's not like it's not like they're going to hopefully get assaulted or anything. I mean, they're going to get booed at Yankee Stadium. I mean, you know, everyone's gotten booed at Yankee Stadium has played there. So, yeah, it might be a little louder, but... 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, it, it's they they who I don't I can't remember who said it, but they said they don't they don't boo nobodies. They they boo people that matter. And so Astros got some people that are going to matter. Some Yankees fans. I don't think it's going to have much of an effect on how they play at all. Uh, you know, it's going to come down to pitching and and getting the clutch hits. And you know, they're facing some pretty good pitching. So, but it it, it it's a fun little subplot and side story. Uh, but I think it's mostly overblown about how much it affects actually what happens on the field. Brian, uh, you mentioned earlier about the the starting pitching, and I think that we can attest that to how great of a season behind the plate Martin Maldonado is having. And I know he's not having a great you know uh, time at the plate as far as badness is concerned, but he's calling great games, and we're seeing a lot of you know a lot of hustle out of him, a lot of you know controlling a lot of the game. How how important has he been to the Astros this season? Well, he's an important player being their starting catcher. I mean, he probably shouldn't be playing as much as he is right now, frankly. I mean, because um, he's he's uh, struggling so badly at the plate. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, you know, the pitchers like throwing to him. He's a leader. You know, his defense isn't what it used to be. Um, but he's got to hit better than 100 to justify playing in the lineup four out of five games. And, you know, Castro's a guy I think that, uh, you know, probably deserves a little bit more playing time at this point. So, um, yeah, he does hustle, and the guys like throwing to him, but he's got to start producing a little bit more. With everything that happened last year, and it felt like, I don't know if we can say this without a doubt, that Jose Altuve was affected by the hate, the allegations. It's supposed to be that much more intense in New York. Do you see that effect in his play? I don't think so. I mean, I think he was affected by it last year. Um, you know, I think more than anybody, it got in his head a little bit, and it bothered him that fans were yelling cheater at him. I think we're so far removed from that. He's he's heard everything now that he's probably going to hear. You know, maybe after we've got to save that for after this series. But yeah, I think the Astros are, are past that as a team, and um, yeah, I don't think it's going to have any effect on Altuve. I mean, Altuve has not had a good week. I mean, a week ago, his numbers were you know really good. I think he was hitting three forty six. His OPS was around nine hundred. He's gone two for twenty four since. So, um, and those were you know, with a handful of home games and then in a, a pretty calm road environment in Tampa. So, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, maybe this will bring it out of Altuve and he starts hitting a little bit, but especially if he's going to be at the top of that lineup, he's got to start hitting a little bit more than he has in the last week. I don't know if I'm looking for a comment here, Brian, but I, I just kind of like rehashing everything. We, you know, Michael Connor and I talked with one of the uh, uh, New York uh, radio hosts uh, yesterday, and, and it's just it's amazing how we've changed history and rewritten history in that you know, did the Astros cheat in the 2017 season? Yes. Is that season tainted? Yes. However, what New York fans forget is, and I forgot this, in the four games in Houston, in the ALCS, the Yankees scored a total of three runs. They averaged less than one run per game over those four games. So for anybody who wants to talk about cheating and the Astros cheated against the Yankees and all this, and we have already know Carlos Correa and his teammates have said they did not cheat in the playoffs because... Well, one, we, they said it was a lot harder. People changed up their signs. And two, we never heard any trash can banging in any of those postseason games. But isn't this a bit over the top when the Yankees scored three total runs in four games in Houston? Yeah, I think so. I saw a tweet today saying, you know, if it wasn't for the Astros, the Yankees would be in the World Series in 2017. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't really say that. I mean, yeah, the Astros cheated that year. But like you said, they, they didn't hit. I mean, the, the cheating had to do with the Astros when they were hitting, and, and they absolutely got shut down in Houston. I think McCullers was one of the first ones to make that that point uh, in 2019 after all this broke that the Yankees came to Houston and didn't hit anything. Um, so I think there's probably a really good chance the Astros still win that series 
had you know what been going on, not been going on. But at the end of the day, you do what the Astros did. You open yourself up to scrutiny. You open yourself up to people second questioning everything you accomplished. And um, you know, there's really nothing you can do about that at this point. I mean, they only have themselves to blame for that. And you know, if you're the fan of another team, you're going to pounce on it and you're going to say it's not legit, no matter you know how the other team beats you. But yeah, I mean, I you know, it, Yankees were totally shut down in that. So I think shut out in, in Game Seven, I believe. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you on that point, Chris. One thing that is never second question my baseball knowledge, and it's because I read his <laughs> book, I follow him on Twitter, and I listen to him when he's on the airways. Make sure you follow Brian McTaggart at Brian McTaggart. Enjoy. I'm excited about this one, Brian. I'm excited about the reaction of the fans, the reaction of the team to the reaction of the fans. So I can't wait to catch up with you next week so we can kind of break this one down. Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, look forward to talking next week. All right, brother. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you next week. Quick timeout. One more segment to go. If you want to jump in the trenches, Brad in Florida, you have been waiting patiently. We'll go to you first. And I never got to it. Aaron Rodgers has similar issues to Deshaun Watson. There's a Hall of Fame quarterback that said, huh, he needs to quit crying. We'll talk about that in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Woke up quick. At about noon, just thought that I had to be in Compton soon. I gotta get drunk before the day begins, before my mother starts bitching about my friends. About to go and then we will fly. That reminds me of the 90s right there, Jacob. I see the dramatic pause you did right there. You said, you know what, let me have this pause and have people wonder what's going on in the trenches. Then you come out with this. That was strong. That was strong. You know know that'll go hard in my ride, right, Indy? Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, yeah you, you got, what do you got? Two twelves. Two twelves in the back with a fifty-five hundred watt amp. That does bump. I'll give you props for that. Kirk yeah. Franklin be jamming in there too. <laughs> that, yeah, this song will go hard. I'll say this: when they played this at the gym, no matter how tired you are, when you heard that, it, it made you. Uh, it gave you that extra adrenaline. It was like a five-hour energy shot. Let's head out to Florida because Brad has been very patient here and get him in the trenches. What's going on, Brad? Well, first, uh, one guy called in and talked about the quarterback that you, that the Texans drafted he, wearing braces. Yeah. If you would have listened to the show yesterday, uh, the late afternoon uh, talk show, they had the coach of Stanford on, and he said all the quarterbacks there wear braces, whether their legs have been hurt or not. I don't know why they do that, but he said that's why we we, we all they all wear braces, I guess. For whatever reason, you'd have to check the tape on why he, what the reason was, but it wasn't because, because they said the last injury was two years ago. So, I mean, people can get mad and upset, but I, I just think that's a bunch of crap. Um, secondly, you guys, one of you guys said they're not going to have any running backs. Well, that's why they have a draft next year. Draft you are running back, just like the Steelers. Steelers didn't have it. They let them go when they wanted to get paid, and they just draft the best running back in the draft this past year. And then uh, the last thing I have is a question. I noticed they picked up four undrafted free agents, and two of them they paid uh, a signing bonus like twenty five thousand and a roster uh, of a hundred thousand, which isn't a lot, but it's still a lot when you ain't even guaranteed to make it. Does that mean they've already made the team, or well, what's the deal with that? I've never seen that before. Good question, and no, that happens a lot. Now, obviously, with inflation and uh, as we move on, the dollars, they become higher. But even when I was 
you know, back when I was playing Brad and when I was drafted, the undrafted free agents, especially the priority ones, they were signing signing bonuses up to $10,000. Keep in mind, $25,000 to a team, to a team worth billions of dollars, that's chump change. And then the roster bonus that you speak of, for that individual player who's not getting the million-dollar signing bonus, 100000 that's definitely something he would appreciate. But again, chump change for the players. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, chump change for the teams. But no, that does not guarantee a spot uh, on a roster. When I was with the Texans, they signed a player, and I like the guy. We played the same position, so I won't say his name. They gave him a $1.5 million signing bonus, Brad, in the summer, and they cut him before the season started. So... Uh, undrafted rookie free agent signing and getting $25,000 does not ensure that he'll make the team. That, that That's pretty much the going rate for undrafted rookies now. Andy, how many undrafted uh, free agents did you play with that turned out to, to be really good or got a bigger contract the next time around? You know, I don't know the number, but it happens. I mean, because as a player, you're not sitting there worried about, okay, this guy was drafted here, this guy was undrafted. But every year that I played in my 12 years, there was one or two undrafted free agents that made it and then went on to sign a second contract. It, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. You, you know, again, I always throw out Arian Foster because we're here in Houston and people can relate to that. Or Priest Holmes because I played with him in high school and knew what type of player he was. Those guys, Tony Romo, obviously one undrafted. But there are other stories. Like those are the... You, you know, guys who went undrafted and at one point in time, they were top five at their position. But there are quite a few guys who, when you look, they had an eight, nine, ten year career, yeah. whether it's as a role player or a starter. This is what Terry Bradshaw had to say about Aaron Rodgers, who's not happy with his organization. And it's being reported that Aaron Rodgers has said, hey, if that general manager stays here, I'm leaving. Sound familiar, anybody? But this is what Terry Bradshaw had to say about Aaron Rodgers. With him being that upset shows me just how weak he is. Who the hell cares who you draft? I mean, I never is a three-time MVP in the league, and he's worried about this guy they drafted last year at number one. Now, I don't know what was said behind the scenes. I don't know what if he said, look, I'll play this year, and then I won't out of here, and they said, fine. Then he's the MVP in the league. I don't know. None of us know. Uh, unless he told some insiders and they're saying if I don't hear it and for him to be upset, my God, I don't understand that Pittsburgh drafted Mark Malone, number one, Cliff Stout in the third or fourth round. I had, I had him coming at me from all angles. Uh, I embraced it because when we went to practice, I wasn't worried about those guys. You know, it didn't scare me a bit. So I don't understand why he's so upset. You know what? I can't disagree. I can't disagree, especially with him ending it with the question, I don't know why he's upset. I, I'm with him. You're the you're one of the best quarterbacks to ever play. If they draft a quarterback in the first round, prove them wrong. You did that. Now, if you just don't want to be there because you don't want to be there, that's one thing. But it appears it's because of who they drafted. Well, here's the thing, Indy, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on today. This started a long time ago. Like the Green Bay is trying to act like, oh, we don't know what's going on. No, you started this when you, first of all, you fired his quarterback coach without even telling him you were firing him. So this is before the draft. Oh, yeah. Everything that, that's happening now, Green Bay is the reason why Aaron Rodgers is the way he is. And everybody's going to say, yeah, well, you know, the team has to look out for the team. And I get that. And I understand. But you can't go in. 
fire the man's quarterback coach and then be like, oh, yeah, Aaron, by the way, hey, we fired your quarterback's coach. Oh, we're firing Mark, Mike McCarthy. We won't tell you who we're, we're hiring. Jordy Nelson is gone. It, this is Green Bay's fault. And we use a first-round pick on a quarterback, even though we've never used a first-round pick on a wide receiver or running back to help you out. Either way, if there's more to it, then there's more to it. But just off the information that is because of the Jordan Love uh, pick, yeah, that just seems a little weak. But I'll never call him weak-minded without knowing the whole story. That's going to do it for us today. God willing, same time, same place tomorrow in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.